Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Swim. Already this eagle eyes on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I apologize for my voice. I am starting to come down with something. Hopefully, it is not something that is long lasting because I actually do want to continue doing these podcasts, especially since we've been out for I don't know how long. I thought we were only out for a week. But according to this, we have been out for no, actually a week. Yeah, we've only we've only missed a week. Okay, it just looked like way longer when you looked at like the the production graph. So I've actually got both weeks of worth of stories here. Uh, Some have been trimmed out because they weren't interesting enough to be included. But we're just going to start off with. Some of the uh, more concerning ones, like uh, T-Mobile admitting that 37 million customer records were stolen by a, quote, bad actor. Oh, goody. Apparently, T-Mobile admitted that it, in fact, got hack. And information has been taken right now. T-Mobile's exact statement is as follows. On January 5th, 2023, T-Mobile US identified that a bad actor was obtaining data through a single application program interface or API without authorization. We promptly commenced an investigation with external cybersecurity experts and within a day of learning of the malicious activity, we were able to trace the source of the malicious activity and stop it. Our investigation is still ongoing but the malicious activity appears to be fully contained at this time. So, thanks for letting us know over three weeks later, I guess. Now, at this time, they're not sure what has been gotten, but T-Mobile is certain that they think the attacker didn't get including payment card information or social security numbers tax numbers or other personal identifying numbers they're not sure beyond that but they're early confident that those sort of things were not got well well that's at least good news that's at least good news we can rest a little more comfortably on but only slightly not going to lie, not exactly enthusiastic about that at all. There has been an exploit for the Windows Crypto API spoof. Well, wow, they're rephrasing this really weird. Why are they phrasing this so weird? Exploit released for critical Windows Crypto API spoofing bug. Wait, so it's an exploit, but they've released the exploit for a bug. What? <laughs> it actually is exactly as as they say. It is a exploit that has been released by hackers that are taking advantage of a bug within the Windows Crypto API. And we don't mean cryptocurrency here. We mean the one that actually encrypts. 
This vulnerability is specifically tracked as CVE-2002-34689. I mean, basically, here's what it's going to boil down to. This is a pretty concerning bug for big data centers. The average person shouldn't be concerned with this at all. That's just my opinion. It is basically a non-issue. So... What it does mean, though, is that you will eventually want to make sure you update Windows. Oh. Yeah, it is going to be infuriating beyond belief. But at the same time, it is what it is. What can you do? In the end, all we can do is just sit back and be prepared wizards of the coast have surrendered for those who don't know wizards of the coast has gotten into a lot of hot water with their community when they tried to update the open gaming license for dungeons and dragons to include all kinds of methods for monetization and then tried to lie to our faces when they're saying, oh, no, 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 no. Th this change is all being done to reduce hate speech. Nobody believed them. No one. At all. In any way, shape, or form. Believed them. And in fact, guess what? They have come out and said, we're sorry. We got it wrong. And a little bit later on, they announced that, in fact, the OG Open Games license will remain in effect. So once again, Wizards in the Coast has walked out of this, upsetting a lot of people, and basically got beaten back to where they should be. This, this is a big win for tabletop gaming. This is a big win for just consumers in general, personally, in my opinion. But for the most part, this is a lose, 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 lose for Wizard of the Coast, because nobody's going to forget this anytime soon. Creators of competitors to Dungeons & Dragons, such as Paizo and Pathfinder are already working on another open games license rather than relying on the one that D&D puts out and that's going to put more of that kind of money out of the reach of wizards like this is going to be a mess there's no other way to say it but hey you know what At least Wizards of the Coast got into the news. What else can you say? There's not really a whole lot, unfortunately. All right.
Hackers have are demanding $10 million from Riot Games to stop the leak of the source code for League of Legends. This is actually a really big deal. Like we talk a lot about source code leaking for some old PS2 game, some old N64 game. That's not that big a deal. I mean, it's newsworthy. It is concerning, but it's not that big a deal. It's, it's just not. I'm sorry. League of Legends is an active game currently. An active game that is highly competitive and is the number one source of all salt in the universe. Like 600% of the universe's sodium comes straight from League of Legends players. Do I have to state that this is sarcasm or is it just obvious? Anyway. Can you imagine if exploits are found because the source code is leaked? Can you imagine the popularity of the game plummeting? Because, of course, now you have exploits being used as an excuse as to why they couldn't accomplish this, that, or the other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big, big problem. This could single-handedly take League of Legends off its throne. But what can you do? It just is what it is. The Yandex source code has leaked on a hacking forum. And quite frankly, I could care less. Yandex, for those who don't know, is basically Russian Google. It is actually Russia's largest IT corporation. And their primary, their primary, their primary thing that they have is search. Excuse me there. So for their source code to go out, ooh, that's a big oof for them. But quite frankly, considering that most major Russian companies are, you know, kind of in the territory of just being straight up puppets for the Russian government, I have a lot, lot less sympathy for them. I don't mean to sound like an uncaring jerk, but... Sucks for them. That's about all I can say. In the meantime, Google is being sued by the U.S. government and eight other states over their online advertising. Wee! Specifically, the U.S. Department of Justice and eight states, which the article refuses to elaborate on. Sorry, I'm right now like scanning through the states, the, 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 the article to see what the states are. Oh, here we go. I would like to thank The Verge once again for not saying who the states are. 
and just instead just refer to them as the eight states and then only give a link to the actual lawsuit. The state of California, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state of Colorado, the state of Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, and Tennessee against Google in regards to their advertising practices. We've kind of grown numb to the whole concept of Google being sued for its advertising practices. But the thing is, is that every single time they've been sued, it's been in the EU. And as a lot of folks and listeners from across the pond have said, the EU is about as corrupt as it gets just because their sole purpose is just to create laws that are hard to follow. And then when you don't follow them, wham, fine. This is the DOJ. The fact that the DOJ and this particular DOJ is going after Google is interesting. And I'm very curious to see what the actual full arguments are going to be. Now, unfortunately, I did not have the time to go through and read through the document. And of course, spoiler alert, neither did the verge. Their entire article just started saying about how it's the verge. I mean, do I really need to go and talk to them? No, no, I really don't. Uh, we're just going to move on. Also notice how we stay a lot more focused when um when is it by the way I should also mention because over the weekend my scheduling didn't really work out a whole well we weren't able to do the podcast live I'm actually doing this the day it's supposed to go up we're actually recording this Monday morning before I go into work and trying to get it up before I head in. So we're just kind of cranking through this as quickly as we can. And try, and I'm still, I'm still obviously trying to give as much insight as I can uh, for, I mean, what's the point otherwise? But holy cow, we've actually gotten through six stories and it's only been 15 minutes. But then again, chat's, well, if chat were here, they'd have a whole lot more questions for me. Kind of like when you look at this blog post from AMD and wonder, what were they thinking? This blog post that AMD put out is amazing. There's no other way to say it. It is simply amazing. They went ahead, put out a chart of all their current GPUs, gave us the FPS they can put out in 1080p gaming, and for reasons that scientists cannot explain, also put out a chart 
showing the dollar per frames in this FPS number, which put the two 7,000 series cards at the worst value and then began to show that, oh, hey, those older cards are looking pretty good at 72 cents per per frame. What were you thinking? Arr! This was not a great plan on AMD's part. They have made the argument to just wait, just freaking wait for literally any other card because this is awful. Just, what does it say? Oh, go out and get a uh, 6,800. 500 bucks, 300 frames on whatever this mystery title is at 1080p, 65 cents per frame compared to the RX 7900XTX at 37 cents per frame. Oof. Giant. Massive. What were you thinking? Oof. Good job, AMD. Good job. In addition, there's another AMD kind of controversy that launched while we were on hiatus because of dying SSD. It is the fact that there have been a lot of RX 6000 series GPUs that have had cracked dies. And some were saying, oh, it's a driver issue. Oh, it's a this issue. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's because they were mined on. That actually has some merit. You remember a while back how we talked about a video that went viral? Where miners were just taking their cases out back and pressure washing them? A working theory right now is the fact that moisture had gotten in between the dye and the heat sink, possibly from, you know, a lot of people are speculating humidity being the cause. Well, I mean, if you went ahead and hosed it out with a pressure washer and water at a high pressure managed to seep in that small little crack, I'm just adding two and two together. That's what it seems like to me. Now, of course, in that video, we couldn't tell what the cards were. But basically, what people are saying is that what you should be doing with these cards potentially is to reseat the heatsink on this GPU, let it dry out first before reseating re it. You're going to have to actually take off the heatsink and then let it, you know, air out 
then wipe off the dye with an alcohol wipe, then remount the, the heat sink, and then use it. That way there's no trap moisture. Alternatively, you could just avoid any GPUs you suspect might be mined on. You want to talk about this, like, GPU buyers cannot catch a break. Holy cow. It just gets worse and worse. Oh, you want to know what else gets worse? Apparently cable mods. 12 volt high power connector cables, you know, the ones for NVIDIA that were melting and causing fires. Yeah, the custom ones from CableMod are also melting. Remember how I said that the PCI standards group should have went ahead and worked on a better, better way to connect this thing, but they tried to say, oh no, it's not our fault. It's because you're not putting it in correctly. Dude, this cements my point. It's their fault for making a bad connector that is hard to go ahead and plug in. It's not hard. Oh, but it's the user's fault for not plugging in. Is it really my fault when your connector is so bad we can't even get a good freaking connection? I would argue no. No, it's not. It's not the user's fault when your connector is bad. Oh, but here we are. You can try and go ahead. Oh no, it's NVIDIA's cable. Oh no, now it's cable mods cables. You know, maybe the problem is the people who designed the connector in the first blasted place. All right. Let's move on to Twitter news real quick before we get to the break. Twitter has decided that they're going to ban third-party clients. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, and I'm going to be the only one in this boat. I know a lot of people are upset because, oh, man, you just can't log into Twitter now with third-party clients. I loved my, my third-party client. I loved TweetDeck. I loved whatever. Heck, name another one. I loved all these. And actually, this is a problem for me because I was going to start using a scheduler to start posting up content on Twitter. Well, now that's banned too. I have to use Twitter's built-in one now. But honestly, I'm kind of surprised given Twitter's model their business model, how they make money, that they didn't ban third-party clients sooner. Hear me out, all right? Twitter makes money by selling you ads. Third-party clients automatically block these ads. They also block a lot of data tracking as well. It's one of the appeals of using a third-party client. If you were Twitter and you wanted to make sure that you actually turned a profit, which I want to remind you, they didn't for the longest time. Wouldn't you want to make sure that that sort of thing is stopped? 
Now, what Twitter has said is that they have started enforcing their long-standing API rules. This result in some apps not working. So the third-party tools may, in fact, come back down the road. For right now, they will not. If you have tools that do work, congratulations. You lucked out. And finally, before we get to the break, apparently, the experts that were hired for a Twitter Experts that are hired for a case that was against Elon Musk. Now Mu Elon Musk will not pay them. All right, look. Early on, I said, I'm not going to fully buy into any story trying to say that um, Elon Musk is like holding off on paying something. Because it's very easy to say, so-and-so won't pay me. It's very easy for a contractor to say, hey, this guy won't pay me. And it's, and it's the actual answer is like, yeah, I won't pay you because I didn't give you the job. I went with someone else. It's very easy for that kind of back and forth to go on, especially when everyone was dialing, dogpiling on Elon Musk. It's very difficult to go ahead and prove something like that. But here's the thing. At some point, you have to look at the amount due and the amount of, oh, they're not paying and say, you know, there's a pattern here. There is a pattern here, and it's a pattern over a long period of time. And in this case, it is from a law firm. And a law firm would have a whole lot more to lose by trying to falsely claim that an entity like Twitter didn't pay them than if they made up the story. Y you see what I'm getting at here? This is kind of once again pointing to Elon being a very strange and very unprofessional businessman. But then again, a lot of people have been preaching this for the longest time. So are we really surprised? A little. But it is good to know what is and isn't cementing that. We're going to take our break here when we come back. We have a lot of Apple news to get to. We will be back. But first, I want to talk a little bit about our sponsor. We actually have a sponsor again, and it's gonna be Babbel. And oddly enough, for once, one of these companies didn't give me talking points. I know, I'm a little surprised too. They did give me some little things, but that's about it. In any case, for the, <clears throat> excuse me, throat's starting to go. In any case, Babbel is one of the top learning apps out there in the world. You can use them to go ahead and learn all kinds of different lang languages. And you know what? To start the year off 2023 by learning a new language, by being able to be ready for when we're allowed 
to comfortably travel without being shunned for it, it's not the worst idea in the world. You can go ahead and use my link. They actually gave me no code. It is just a link in the description down below to get up to 60% off on learning a new language. That link is where did they put it? strms.net slash babble underscore eagle falcon. Or you can just look in the description of the podcast. It's going to be the first thing up there. I try to make these things as easy as possible. We're going to take our break here when we come back. Apple News. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so this segment might be a bit shorter, and the segments actually from here on out might be shorter just because my voice started giving out, and I got to protect it as much as I can. (laughs) When you go through through your entire 32-ounce mug of ice water and tea through one one half-hour segment, and then your voice starts giving out, it's just like, you, you, you know you got problems. So we're going to muscle on through and try not to do anything stupid. Samsung 990 Pro SSDs are failing fast. And nobody's sure why. Now, this actually could be something very minor, to be perfectly honest. What's going on is that uh, this was first published by NeoWin. And the author was able to prove that his drive health is decreasing at an alarmingly fast rate. Seeing seeing his drive health drop by 10% in a matter of just days when this kind of drop-off should happen within about, oh, I don't know, a year. Like, that is very concerning, but here's my counterpoint to it. Are we sure that the health is actually dropping this quickly? Or is it the tool is reading it incorrectly? That's what I have to wonder. Samsung has yet to replicate the issue. Samsung has been very sketchy as of late, so I don't exactly trust their word at face value, to be blatantly honest. I'm sorry, I just don't. And I'll be very curious to see what future reporting has right now. For now, I would... It it might not be the worst idea in the world to, like, maybe not look at the Samsung 990 Pro. If you're looking to buy new. I've personally had great luck with Crucial Drives. I forgot what's actually in the new system now. I don't think it actually is a Crucial because Crucial didn't have any when I went to order. It's like another reputable brand like Sandnet or something like that. 
But yeah, Samsung, normally very good in the SSD market, having some problems. We'll have to find out exactly what it is. Speaking of SSD performance, um, apparently uh, Apple is just cutting entry-level performance for their MacBook Pros and M2 Mac Minis. Oh, I read this title wrong and actually put this in the wrong order. By the way, let me, by the way, Apple introduced some new, <laughs> some new Macs. Very quickly turning around the order. There are two new models of the, Mac, of the MacBook Pro, the 14 inch and the 16 inch. These are using the exact same superior chassis but they now have M2 Pros and M2 Maxes as their CPUs. The baseline M2 Pro is a 10-core CPU with, with, um, with 6.4 performance and efficiency, 16-core GPU, 16-core neural engine, up to some stupid high amount of RAM. I mean, it's going to be everything you'd, you'd want if you're in that environment. There's no other way to say it. Oh, actually, no, it's only 16 gigs if you get an M2 Pro for some reason. Really? Oh, no, you can't get up to 32 on the M2 Pro. M2 Max, also a CPU that exists now, will go up to 64 gigs or 96 gigs, but we'll start at 32 gigs. They're unfortunate. Their page is like really confusing. They're trying to like include all the information in like the worst configuration ever. Let's actually quickly price out the highest end MacBook Pro. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go 16 inch. Let's start at the max. We'll go with up to 96 gigs of unified memory. This is using an M2 Max with 12 core GPU, 38 core. I'm sorry, 12 core CPU, 38 core GPU. We're going to have 96 gigs of unified memory, eight terabytes of storage. And that's all we can configure. That final cost comes to. Oh, there it is. $6,500. Whoo. That is a car. That is just straight up a car. What would you rather have, a Mac or a car? Like, wow. Wow. In addition to that, the Mac Mini also finally got updated. This one now goes to, this now gets the M2 chip and has an option for the M2 Pro because there was a massive gap between, and I actually figured this out when I was helping an audio guy try to price out a system only to find out that, oh, hey, by the way, your options are basically if you want a desktop, the Mac Studio and nothing else because the iMac and the Mac mini both use just M1s and barely meet the minimum specs for your Pro Tools. 
Guess what? Now that's not the case. Now there's a Mac Mini with an M2 Pro. Like there should have been. Which, by the way, I would strongly recommend should be the way to go. Like, if you're a professional user right now, I would not get a Mac Studio. Especially right now, just because the Mac Pro is going to drop. It's going to drop any day now. It is inevitable. And by any day, I mean J June is when it's probably going to drop. It's going to drop at WWDC. I would be stunned if they don't do it. I think the Mac Studio is a terrible buy right now. I think from a, just in general point of view, the Mac, the Mac Studio has always been a terrible buy. It's way too high priced for what it is. It's just, it's just the truth. But, you know, the moment I try to tell someone how to spend their money, they go ahead and do it the other way anyway. What do I know? By the way, the HomePod is back. Yeah. Second gen HomePod, the full size one, is actually back despite it vanishing for a bit. So, for the most part, it is just improved. Everything's better. Sound is better. Response is better. You can still buy multiples if you want and have them sync up to be a wireless surround sound system sort of thing. It's all still there. They can all still do it. Why? Because they can. They're Apple and they're going to do what they want. There is some concern the HomePod Mini is going away, however. And in fact, we did get a new iOS release, 16.3, that includes security keys for Apple ID, as well as new HomePod support and bug fixes and more. You know, all, all good stuff. But again, back to the story I started off with because I couldn't read the title correctly. Apparently, the entry-level MacBook Pros and M2 Mac Minis Again, crippling the SSD performance. We saw this on the Mac Studio as well, where the performance was just hilariously hindered because they intentionally just, oh no, it wasn't the, it was the, what was it? The MacBook Air, I think? Just intentionally left it like half the bandwidth they should have. We're seeing it again. This is a trend that I don't want to see happen. And the thing is that we're already hearing like some rumors of Samsung possibly following this route with their phones. Man, I hope not. I really don't. I really don't want to tell people, oh no, 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 no. You need to get the mid-entry one because the company wants to flip you off for daring to buy the entry-level model. Huh. <sighs> But welcome to reality where Apple just does whatever they want. But yeah, leaks are talking that the HomePod Mini 2 may in fact be canceled. According to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, 
No such product is in development. There is going to be no HomePod Mini 2. The figures. This is what I get for writing down my notes. Late at night. So they're saying that there's not going to be a HomePod Mini second generation. It's just going to be the HomePod second generation, and then HomePod Mini first generation. That's a little surprising. But then again, it is just a speaker. There isn't really like a whole lot to go off of for making an updated version. But that being said, you could just make a second generation by just turning on the Home HomePod Mini's secret humidity sensor. Ooh, now contract the humidity. Ooh. I mean, honestly, I could really use that around here because, man, the air here is so dry. Might need to put in a humidifier just for that. In other news, as we're just cranking through all the Apple news, Everyone is speculating more about how Apple's mixed reality headset will work. They're saying it's going to be called the Reality Pro. It will take a novel approach to, to, every, to, to everything nobody wants and use its own ecosystem and cost $3,000. Why are people excited for this? Why? Why on earth? I just don't understand. Oh, $3,000 to do things that nobody wants. Meta changed their name and their entire ecosystem to go ahead and make this happen. What the heck makes you think that you're going to pull this off? Uh, by the way, in other news, Apple TV now expects you to have an iPhone in order to accept the new terms of service. Yeah, if you were one of those suckers who got an Apple TV because it was convenient and you don't own an iPhone, you are essentially locked out of your Apple TV without some kind of iPhone device. And I'd say just go borrow an iPod Touch, but it's gone. Uh, <laughs> wow. Just, just wow. How freaking rude. But welcome to the Apple post-apocalyptic universe we now live in. We're actually going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about AI and the lawsuit that's going against AI art in general. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, Getty Images is suing the makers of Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion, for those who don't know, is an AI art generator 
one of the biggest ones out there, and it's over data scraping allegations. I, for one, am stunned it took this long for these accusations to come out. Because, quite frankly, that's how this AI art generation works. It studies actual art and then goes ahead and takes assets from each of those pieces of art to try and generate a new image. It literally works by scraping other art. A lot of people are speculating that this lawsuit and many others that are following may in fact spell the end of AI art generation in general, but we're not going to know until this starts hitting the court. This could have a wide reaching implications, not just this one, but many others as well. It doesn't help at all that companies like Adobe, from what we can tell, are also almost definitely using your content to train AI art. Because, of course, why would Adobe, after basically having you as a cash cow for subscribing to the Creative Cloud, not just go ahead and say, you know what, we need more from you. We require you to train our AI, whether you like it or not. Would you really be surprised? No, of course not. But yet here we are. This is what pretty much AI now devolves into. It is all about now, no matter what you do, just going ahead and avoiding any more kinds of good PR. I mean, what else can you say about this? Uh, jail threats are stopping an AI robot lawyer from making its debut in court. The AI known as Do Not Pay was supposed to help a defendant in court next month. However, the company announced that the AI will whisper in some years exactly what to say, and we will release more after it happens. But it doesn't matter because it turned out a few days later. All right, all right, here, here's the actual statement. The CEO announced that Do Not Pay is postponing its court case after reportedly receiving jail threats from the state bar prosecutors if he was to go through with his plan. It's just straight up jail threats. It's not on any sort of legal grounds. It's just straight up, just generic jail threats.
This is starting to cause a bit of a trend. The fact that everyone's now starting to feel threatened by their jobs being taken by AI. And then other companies realizing that perhaps relying on AI seemed like a good idea on paper until it actually happened. Take CNET, for instance, who actually had AI written stories, but paused after a controversy because the AI didn't use disclosure correctly and had numerous other errors. You know, as someone who has failed to disclose things before and on, on a, granted, not a journalistic nature, but on a talk show sort of nature, so it's much more lenient and also has gotten things wrong, Maybe the AI is just tired. Maybe the AI just needs a cup of coffee. I'm just saying. A little bit of caffeine does wonders and also doing your prep and show in the same day and not trying to sleep in between also helps dramatically. But yeah, their AI is having some problems. Whoops. So naturally, you think this would halt the AI advances in other sectors, right? Wrong. BuzzFeed is going to use AI to help create its content. You know what? Honestly, I think BuzzFeed using AI might actually cause their content to go up in quality. But this is done after they went ahead and cut a large chunk of their workforce, roughly 15% last year. Literal job replacement. Literally, literally having your jobs completely and utterly replaced. All thanks to AI. Good job. Good job. It's incredible. Speaking of job declines, Microsoft is cutting 10,000 jobs as PC sales and cloud growth declines. We're starting to finally see the effects of uh, the recession take hold. It is actually kind of surprising it took this long, quite frankly, but we're starting to see now job cuts strictly because of sales decline. Because everyone's now getting more cautious and it's going to start causing a snowball effect. Don't doubt me in this regard. So I don't really blame Microsoft here, but man, I feel bad for everyone involved and having to lose their job because of this. All right, we need some good news. How about this? Dell has done it. Remember how a while back we talked about how swappable memory and laptops is becoming less and less of a thing because the SO DIM standard is so old and thick and out of date that it's not going to meet new bandwidth well Dell said they're going to come up with a new standard they're going to call it CAM C-A-M-M -M, and guess what it has now been approved as a memory standard for all to use huzzah huzzah huh freaking za 
Swapple memory lives on, and for once, Dell's ingenuity is actually adopted by everyone, so now even Dell can't mess this up. Now everyone can. By the by, in other news, uh, military intel has leaked out on War Thunder forums. Anyway, moving on, Google is freaking out about Jet GPT. I thought I had this article earlier. I'm sorry. According to the New York Times, Google plans to demonstrate a version of its search engine with chatbot features this year. You know what this is. You know what this responds with. This is a response directly to Google. Or I'm sorry, directly to Microsoft. Saying they're going to use chat G GPT in Bing. They want to go ahead and prevent any methods of Google losing their edge. Because if Google loses the edge in search, what are they anymore? That is the question that really needs to be asked. So yeah, it's no surprise. They want to go ahead and make sure that they stay up on top. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? In other oddball news, India has demoed its own homebrew mobile OS because why not? Why shouldn't... Uh, what is it? Huawei? I think it's Huawei. Huawei being the only one that makes their own mobile OS. The OS dubbed Bar OS was announced last week by the India Indian Institute of Technology and in Mandras and will ship with no preloaded apps. Ooh. Share no user data. Ooh. Only private app stores work with the OS. Oh. And claim that the OS is incapable of running malware. Man, I can't wait for it to be proven for it to be able to run malware. It's the moment you say your thing is incapable of being infected with malware, guess what? It's going to be infected with malware. It's it you, you've guaranteed you doomed it. You've doomed yourself, my friend. It's over. It's all ogre now. Spotify is the newest to lay to lay off more jobs. Man, I thought I I had these stories in a better order. Spotify is going to be lose is going to be shedding off 9,800 full-time employees. Citing that it needs a way to improve efficiency. All right, here, look, 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 Spotify. Let me tell you something, okay? One of the ways you function, all right? is through this crazy thing called advertising, all right? You have this thing, it's, it's called Anchor, all right? It is a podcasting platform of which you currently host a lot of podcasts for free and don't make any money on. Maybe, just maybe, you should solve this problem 
by maybe trying to monetize that. I'm just saying. Just let us podcasters go ahead and insert ads at intelligent points. It's it's mind-blowing to me right now that we're doing all this and just nothing. I can't believe I'm begging to, ha- to be able to run ads. Ugh. In oddball news, asteroid mining startup plans its first private mission to deep space. I'm sorry, what? Astroforge plans on sending out a spacecraft that will seek to inspect an asteroid at least located 22 million miles from Earth and then start mining it? What? Like, fantastic. We got our two tons of ore. It took 80 years for it to get there and back. Okay, then. I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess, but um, I got a feeling you're not going to get very far. Microsoft will stop selling Windows 10 licenses Well, tomorrow, actually. January 31st will be the last day you can buy Windows 10. You can dot, there's still ways to go ahead and get it unofficially, like through OEMs and whatnot. But if you're planning on building yourself a Windows 10 PC, um, you have less than 24 hours, good luck. That's pretty much all I can say. Nintendo has reportedly begun talking to suppliers about production of its next generation console. You know what? At least they're talking about its next generation console and not the Switch Pro. I swear, if any more rumors about a Switch Pro come out, I'm going to lose my mind. No talk about what the console is going to be. I imagine it's, I mean, if I was Nintendo, I would definitely take the following approach. You absolutely do not rock the boat too hard. Just make another switch. Maybe we go ahead, be a little wacky, have a co-processor in the dock, so that when it's docked, it gets a bit, it gets way more processing power. But like, just take the concept of the switch, innovate on it, because you knocked it out of the park with the switch. To the point where now everyone is copying you. I think Nintendo would be foolish to go to a to go to a traditional console now. I think they would be absolutely dumb for abandoning the concept of the of the Switch. I think at this point you've got to go ahead and just stick to what is working with the Nintendo Switch. Just make a new version, more modern hardware, faster CPU, faster GPU, take advantage of that new power efficiencies, and don't worry too much about saying, oh man, it's 8K gaming, it's it's 4K gaming. 
You're selling like hotcakes right now with 720p gaming. I guarantee you with the quality of, of everything that they're putting out, game-wise, go to 1080 and you just win. You win. Easy. But I mean, Nintendo's not going to listen to me, so let's see what they do. Let's get into the weird stuff and close up shop before my voice completely dies. The lights have been on at a Massachusetts school for over a year because no one can turn them off. This, this, this story just, this story is incredible. There's no other way to phrase it. This story is absolutely amazing. Because of supply chain problems, no one can turn off the lights in the school. <laughs> Components for the school have just been completely unavailable to work correctly with the light switches. So just all the lights have to stay on forever. It, it, it is absolutely incredible. Simply, simply incredible. A metal robot is capable of escaping simply because it is made of liquid. Yes, the liquid metal robot <clears throat> can be controlled remotely from a short distance. And can have a signal sent to it to warm up a little bit, bring it to a melting point, and re-solidify. You, you have basically no joke. Well, joke. Oh, God, I forgot what the name of the robot is. Was it the T-1000? But the, the actual key use of this thing is actually for micro soldering and other kinds of small repair. Because the liquid metal can go ahead and move components to very small points and then also melt and solidify itself. It's an interesting concept. I have no idea how effectively it's going to work because the whole thing seems super sci-fi. And now for the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new record for stupidest way to play Dark Souls. An Elden Ring streamer has played through the game with nothing but their freaking mind, man. They're using a device that detects brain signals and using that to control the character in Elden Ring. The streamer that is actually doing this, I don't think they've actually beaten it yet, goes by the name of Perry... Excuse me. Uh, Perry Cariel. 
P E R R I C or I'm sorry, K A R Y A L. They're using an electro celiograph attached to her head, measuring her brain activity. And then between that to key bindings. I mean, that's it. What else can you say? I can't compete with that. Freaking, what am I going to do? Use my freaking MMO now mouse to play a game I'm bad at? Oh, that's, that's it. That's just, it's time to close up shop. We're done. That's it. We've, we've reached peak gaming. I can't, I can't beat Dark Souls at the speed of thought. I can't beat Dark Souls at the, at the speed of help. Holy cow. But nope. Elden Ring about to be played with the power of a freaking brain, man. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find at anchor.fm slash early B-I-R-B briefing, or check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. I hope my voice returns soon. Otherwise, this is going to get really awkward for a while. Might have to go ahead and find some guest hosts. The next move now is to figure out how to control people using keybinds. That way we can just bridge the gap and voila, mind control is now available. It'll be Red Alert 2 all over again. Except with Twitch streamers instead of whatever the heck kind of like handsome nightmare Yuri was. That might not be so bad. It'll, it'll, it'll be bad. <laughs>